You're listening to Late Nights with me, Sarah Jane King. Great to have you with us this morning. Now, my next guest is a young art historian and lecturer listed as one of the 200 young South Africans to look out for by Mail and Guardian in 2017. Uh, she's a Mandela Road scholar and a full-time lecturer at the University of the Free State's Department of Art, History and Image Studies. She's also the first black woman to be employed in that department. And I'm delighted to welcome her to Late Nights this evening to talk about her career thus far and decolonising art history in South Africa. Candice, welcome to Late Nights on Cape Talk. It's lovely to have you live and in studio with us. Thank you so much for having me. So there's so much that I want to talk to you about, um, which, I mean, really, I'm not even quite sure where to start, but I think I'm going to start um, with your own art history, your own history of art. When did art become a, a thing for you? Okay, so I've always been a creative person. Um, I think since primary school, I've been very creative. I loved making art, drawing. So teachers saw that in me. And then I think when I got to, you know, well, to high school, I started reading a little bit of art history books and I did, um, art in high school. And then I finally decided I want to do a degree in fine arts, um, at the University of the Free State. And so that's where I started. I thought I'm going to be a South African painter. And, um, oh. so I, yeah, I took all these modules in, um, painting, drawing, sculpture, printmaking. And then I started reading more art history and then I decided, I think art history is what I want to do and I think I want to write more than make art. So that's really where my journey started. Why do you think that was? Because the, for, for most people, for most creatives, the, the yeah. passion to, to create mm-hmm. is very definite. And, you know, for me, I always wanted to write and so I... yes. Wrote, but that, <laughs> but that said, I also yes. became a journalist, which was kind of writing a, about rather than, yes. do, you know what I mean? It, yes, it was yes. almost, almost similar in terms of you being the lecturer. I became the journalist yes. and then eventually found my way back to, to the, yeah. the creative part of it. What was it for you? Was there a moment? Was there a particular thing that you'd read? Was there a particular experience that you'd had that you were like, okay, the art from my creative point of view is going to, go to the side and this yes. is the journey I'm going to take well I think the university experience in terms of reading things that I had not been exposed to before so um, art history that I had not been exposed to before and philosophy as well and then um, literature because I had three majors so art history, philosophy and English wow. were my majors hashtag and over <laughs> <laughs> thanks <laughs> um, so I started reading things that I hadn't before, but I think for me it was also a very conscious decision in terms of where I thought I'd be able to make the biggest impact, and I saw a need within um, the academy for black women Mm. to be in art history, especially in South Africa. I saw that I would be able to make a difference there. Uh, So I think I consciously put the art aside. to venture into art history. So I think that artistic side is still kind of there. I do sometimes feel like I want to make art. Um, I think it will always be there. But I think I've made a decision to pursue this art history um, in academia thing in terms of my career. The only other person that I know of, high-profile person mm-hmm. that I know of that studied art history was Prince William. Really? <laughs> 
Fun fact. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and that is the only person, yeah. and I remember that. And you'll have to forgive me because, but I and his wife that, as well. I think. The, what, that's how they yeah. Met. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So yes. too. So uh, Kitty Midders, as I like to call her, and yeah. uh, and Prince William, and I remember we we both went to university at the same time, showing my age, and okay. I remember that I, you know, I picked at the my, same university. The, no, are you okay. kidding? <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't, I'm not royalty, despite the surname. Okay. My parents couldn't pay for me to get into St. Andrews. <laughs> I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm yeah. just saying it was a very good university. Yes. And he didn't do well in his yes. A-levels. Anyway, and I remember thinking, what kind of degree is that? Like, what, yeah. what happens there? Because there I was going off to study law, thinking, uh-huh. okay, I know what's happening here. It's books and it's this and it's legal precedent yeah. and whatever. What does a an art history degree look like? What does it look like? Okay, well, um, I did an undergrad degree first, so that was a bachelor, um, a, a bachelor's degree, and it was a, a general uh, degree, so I could have all those majors. But then with postgrad art mm. history, and I'll speak a bit about undergrad as well. Yeah. Undergrad is is really teaching us about what. Um, you know, what images are, uh, what paintings mm-hmm. are, so different artworks throughout history. Um, within our department at the moment, and I think art history in general, it's very Eurocentric. So it's a very Eurocentric yeah. discipline um, in which we're learning um, about different histories through images. Was okay, that so one of the, Sorry to interrupt. Was that yeah. one of the reasons that you also wanted to get into to kind of decolonize the canvas? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's a lovely expression. That's, I might just use that, that in my writing. Thank you. So <laughs> I'll, I'll credit you for that. <laughs> um, yes, definitely. I mean, I, I now teach first years and a lot of the first years, especially the post roads must fall and fees must fall first years are asking me, I mean, why don't we see ourselves in these sure. artworks, uh, in these paintings that we're looking at? Why is it so much European history? So, I mean, in terms of first year, we have started with, well, we've always done prehistoric art, but we're focusing a bit more on, on African art mm. as well. Um, but in terms of the history of how art history started as a discipline, that is still very Eurocentric of and we're, course. and we're thinking through how, uh, we're going to decolonize that. Yeah. Um, so art history, yes, it's, it's about learning about history through images, but then it's also visual culture. So it's not just paintings, um, um, and art in the traditional sense of how we think about art. Uh, it's also film and, and videos and, and then image studies, which is really what is an image? What, what, what quality Qualifies um, as an image and our experience of of images. So it's a lot broader, I think, than just talking about paintings yeah. and writing about paintings. Yeah. yeah. Before we continue, and I, I do want to find out mm-hmm. more about your position at the University of the Free State yeah. and and all the politics that, that goes <laughs> yes. around that, because of course there there, there is. You were the first yes. black woman to be employed by your faculty. Um, is that right? My department, Find so not my my ah. faculty, but my my department. Yeah. Yes, and there are still departments at the university that have never had uh, black, um, yeah, academic staff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's a reality. And I mean, faculty meetings are pretty white. And I've I've spoken to my colleagues about this actually last week. Um, yeah, why the faculty I'm in, faculty of humanities, I mean, there are a lot of women, uh, so a lot of white women, but in terms of there being black people, still very few. Yeah. So I was the first one um, in my department, and it was very interesting initially. Um, 
Yeah, because we had interdepartmental meetings and and someone once said to me, well, Candace can give us an African perspective. And I was like, <laughs> okay, this is quite interesting. Um, yeah, so I think people sort of also kind of didn't know how to navigate the situation and were trying to um, do the best that they could, I suppose, mm. by... Yeah. Isn't it interesting? <laughs> I once, I remember when I went, I went for, I think it was probably my second job as a journalist and I was going for a job as a news editor at a very small kind of parochial radio station in, in the south of England in the UK in a very, very white middle class area. Yeah. And the guy, the station manager who was interviewing me said during, during the interview, you know, my concern is that we don't want you to ghettoize the news. Oh my goodness. And you know, and I'd been How? Up, yeah. And it was so funny because I mean I'd never been yeah. to a ghetto in my life. I was brought up in this in this like <laughs> tiny white village called Surrey. Like I grew up on a on a farm and went to pony club and whatever. I mean, you know. And yeah. I, just, I remember thinking, you know, and, and in that moment and it's it's yeah. funny to retell the story now and I'm yes. able to say it because because here yes. I am, you know, back in South Africa doing my black thing. But I but at the time I remember kind of saying to him, No, 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 no I won't. Like I, I engaged yeah. with that as a conversation. Yes. And, and Instead of calling him out or dismissing what he had to, yeah. Um, and and I engaged with that as being, and gave it, and in doing so, gave it validity. Yes. That I would, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm reassuring oh you that I will not come in here with my black self and ghettoize your newsroom. Yes. Um, which was just really bizarre. And I, I remember, you know, I, I tell that story to, yes. to undergrad journalism students now and they're like, what, what were you doing? But I wasn't, personally, mm. I wasn't, I wasn't politicized at that point. Yes. Um, at all. And also I was in a white, male dominated world and mm-hmm. my little f- female blackness was yes. very small. So, yes. Yeah. Well, for me, I think the the biggest challenge was okay. So I've I've been working there now. I'm going on my third year, mm. uh, working there. So I I started when I was 24. So I was quite young, very young. Um, I started when I was 24. The first year, I was sort of still feeling things out a bit, but it took me I think two years to get to the point where I can where I found my voice and I can say what I want to say without really fear of repercussions mm-hmm. <laughs> um so i think initially i was i was very careful in terms of what i said how i said it um very conscious of people's feelings as well and feeling like i need to to protect the feelings of um white colleagues mm. uh so that i don't say things that will offend people instead of speaking my truth and i think i've gotten to that place where I mean, if I need to, to call you out on something, it's not that I, I don't like you. It's like, how can we do better? Yeah. From um, a professional point of view. From a professional point of view, yes. And also speaking for the people who will come after me and trying to make it easier for the black women who will occupy those spaces after me. I feel like I have a responsibility, mm. uh, to make, um, it easier in a, well, easier in terms of, Speaking to things and speaking about things that um, other people won't necessarily because they don't have the same experiences that I do. Do you feel like you have, and it's one of my favorite, I know it's a, it's a bit of a buzzword at the moment, but do, do you feel like you have agency at the moment in your role? Do I feel like I have agency? I think if you had asked me last year, <laughs> I probably would have questioned that. Um, 
But where I'm at now, yes, I do feel uh, that I do have agency. And I think part of that comes with the fact that I feel like I have a voice mm. now. Um, and I feel like I have options. <laughs> um, whereas I think before I might have been a bit scared in terms of, well, what will I do if I, if I lose my job? Mm. I don't want to say something that's going to get me fired. But now I feel like I have agency because I feel that um, I have options and I have a, there are possibilities open to me. Let's just talk about, about your students, which I'm interested in. I mean, when you, when you come before a, a class, what, mm-hmm. what ratio of black, white, male, female, like who are, who are our young art historians of the future? Okay. So, um, interestingly um, enough in, in the BA degree that I teach, Quite few of the students are fine art students. So fine art students have to take art history and there are usually about 16 of them. But our numbers in in first year have have grown so much. So it's up to 60 people sometimes, uh, which is not big, I suppose, in other departments. But for art history, it is. Um, And the people that I'm teaching now are predominantly black students. Um, and also predominantly female sure. students. So there is a small, there, there's your white students in my class are the minority. Um, but that doesn't mean that I don't feel their presence sure. in the class. So especially when I'm speaking about political issues, it makes, um, a lot of white students uncomfortable. Hmm. Um, and I think part of that is because it's coming from a black woman. Um, you know, it, maybe they think that I'm just speaking about my personal experiences and I'm bringing that to the classroom. Hmm. So their presence is very much felt. Um, also sometimes I feel their, their, maybe guilt about the past or, um, that is definitely felt in the classroom and not just in terms of things that I teach, but also in terms of the conversations that the students are willing to have because the students that we have in universities now are very outspoken, Mm. are very politically conscious, and they bring that into the classroom. And because we have smaller classes, it forces students to engage with one another. Um, Yeah, and my classes are very engaging as well. Yeah. So that's that's the classroom dynamic. Have you never thought that life might be easier for you if you went to University of Johannesburg or Wits or <laughs> I mean really? Yeah, I was I was actually literally speaking to my friend today and I said I I think life would be different if I were um at Wits. I feel like I wouldn't be as restricted in terms of what I feel I'm allowed to say and what I'm not allowed to say mm. and um how vocal I am. As well, um, I feel like uh, this is probably a little bit more integrated if you think about the academy there um, than the University of the Free State and the University of the Free State and the Free State itself is very conservative. So I do think life would probably be easier um, at a more integrated university. And I do feel like I would have ha- I would have um, uh, a stronger support system in the sense of. Uh, like-minded black academics. Um, I mean, even if you think about UCT, they have the Black Academics Caucus. So they are black academics literally supporting each other, which um, at the University of the Free State, we've tried to cultivate um, with progressive staff, but then it's also a lot of um, white progressive staff mm. as well who who 
as well-meaning as they are and who are as politically conscious as they are don't have the same experiences and won't fully understand what it feels like to be a young black woman Mm. at the University of the Free State. Do you have academic mentors or academic role models like who are some of the the people that you admire and that you whose careers perhaps that you follow uh so prof pumla kola very very wonderful woman i saw her at abantu book festival recently and she also taught at the university of the free state mm. and i mean i've heard the stories about what happened to her when she was teaching there yeah. uh several years <laughs> Is it? Okay. <laughs> no, I'm not I'm joking. <laughs> I'm not doing another book this year. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I mean, she, I've heard the stories about like when she was teaching then, she was teaching literature, like, um, and poetry and how, you know, she had not the greatest experiences yeah. at the, at that university. Um, so I, I really look up to her and also that she, she, she is, Proud and and outspoken, and she has a presence about her. And unapologetic. And unapologetic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mean, sometimes she gets criticized for that, and she doesn't seem to care. Um, and I had her sign all the books that I brought along <laughs> that she she wrote as well. So I, I really really um, like her very much. And then I have academics at the University of the Free State, so. Um, Helene Strauss, who has been such a support for me, um, at the university and she's friends with, with Pumla and she's been such a support in terms of the things that I've gone through at, at the university and some negative experiences that I've had and in trying to help me build a support system, but also giving me advice in terms of how to advance, uh, my career. Mm. And then I have other mentors as well at the university who are more academic, uh, mentors for me yeah. is it a very i mean obviously there's the there's the the black white or the black thing um mm-hmm. but then in terms of gender i mean is it a very male dominated area of work that you are in and, and teaching i mean art history is that mm-hmm. historically well historically definitely yeah. um in terms of where i'm working at the moment uh, there are a lot of women uh, within art history at the moment, mm. but I mean, if we think about um, just even the European canon of who the greatest artists um, in in art history were, they were predominantly white male mm. artists, and the reason for that, and Linda Nochlin, who is a feminist art historian, wrote about that and said, well, the reason why so many great, um, you know artists are male and are white males like i mean uh da vinci for example mm. or michelangelo and why we don't have uh female equivalents mm. or black equivalents is because of white male privilege mm. okay so um in terms of western or european art uh definitely dominated by by white men, even art history, uh, but in terms of where I work, there are a lot of women within mm. within my department and also within the faculty. Um, 
at my university. I wanted to talk to you about accessibility and art. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you know, it's it's always been seen as a as a, a a privileged position to be able to at the weekend go to your local art museum and sip mm-hmm. on a coffee while looking at various <laughs> pieces of art and muse over what they might mean and what yeah, yeah. you know. And it and it is that changing? I mean, have you been to Zartsmoka here? Have you? Been well, that's what I'm doing tomorrow. Oh, okay. <laughs> So that's what I'm actually planning on doing for the whole day uh, tomorrow. But I mean, I've I've read up on it and I've I've seen the kind of work that they're doing mm. and how they're opening it up to the public as mm. well. Uh, yeah. I mean, do you think that 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 is something that is happening? I mean, I have to say, uh, when it comes to art, I'm a bit of a dunce. But mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of ac- accessibility, do you think that that is there? Um, if we're thinking about le- maybe kids in townships going and looking and being able to view the same art that you and I, mm-hmm. from a position of privilege, are able to go and do? Sure. I think um, in many ways art is still seen as… Or do we take as- art to them? Well, I think art is in many ways still seen as a very elitist thing. Mm. I do think that there needs to be spaces in which children in the townships can make art and view art. I don't know if if the solution to that is necessarily to bring them to these spaces um, or rather to create uh, those spaces and to bring the kind of art that they need to see to them, I think is, is a good idea. But I do think, you know, in terms of accessibility, there is still, you know, a um, way to go. yeah, there is still a way to go. I do believe that. But I mean, I think a lot of museums are, um, being quite intentional about community uh, projects. Mm. And I've seen that a lot, even at our university, the gallery that we have um, and the programs that we have going on um, and the way in which we want to engage the community um, in art making and in art exhibitions. So in many ways, people are not just seeing art and exhibitions as something within the gallery space, but actually bringing that out, mm. uh, which I think is very important. Yeah. What does the future hold for you? I mean, are you heading mm-hmm. to a, a PA? or are you would you go overseas or would you pick up a paintbrush or a sculpting tool and return yeah. to the creative <laughs> side of life well uh, I do want to do a PhD in the future um, I'm not exactly sure when I will start but if I do do uh, one I would like it to be uh, partially structured so some PhDs in the states where for the first two years you're reading very widely and you're given uh, projects and coursework and you know so that's what I would like to do because I feel like I want to read a bit wider than I have been reading mm. uh, before I decide on a specific topic that I'd like to focus on but then also I'm very interested in curatorship especially mm. of African artists so from so the would continent that mean that you would be here somewhere else on the continent or somewhere else in the world doing that <sighs> Wow, I feel like I could do that from anywhere. Yeah. Um, but I love South Africa very much. So as far as possible, I'd love to live here, um, travel a lot, and also have exhibitions in South Africa that travel. So taking my African um, exhibitions to other countries mm. is something that I definitely want to do as well. Sure. Yes. Listen, it's been such a pleasure to have you. And the, with the time has gone so quickly, I can't wow. believe it's gone. It's gone already. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. It's been such a pleasure to have you in and, and talking so about your career. It's so good seeing you again. It really yeah. has been, and I wish you, you all the very best. Thank you so much. Listen, learn, connect, join the conversation. You're with Cape Talk.